Coming February 24th to Hogwarts, it's Shark Week. You're listening to the Quibbler Podcast, the Harry Potter book club for ichthyologists. Oh yes, very easy to forget Merkel's dead. Nobody missed me, even when I was alive. Took them hours and hours to find my body. I know, I was sitting there waiting for them. Olive Hornby came into the bathroom, and then she saw my body. Ooh, she didn't forget it until her dying day. I'm Heather Pricewright. And I'm Alex Dallenberg. Welcome to the Quibbler. Welcome to finally the last third-ish of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. We are really, really in it now. This week we read some totally We're deep. Yep. Haha. <laughs> Literally deep. I get it. This week we read some totally insane chapters. They were The Egg and the Eye and The Second Task. On this podcast, you will hear spoilers for the whole Harry Potter universe. You will also hear cursing of various varieties, both magical and muggle. And you will hear some adult themes. This week's adult themes are Peeping Toms, Bath Bombs, Dank Weeds, Hostage Crises, and Breaking and Entering. Alex, what happened this week? In this week's chapters, Harry takes a bath. (laughs) Harry swallows his pride, and in doing so, swallows a whole lot of bath products. Uh, He decides to take the egg to the prefect's bathroom under Cedric's advice to mull over the clue in the hot water. So Harry goes to the prefect's bathroom. The password is Pine Fresh. Awesome. I wonder if that's like Wizard Spawn Con. (laughs) (laughs) the password is mrs myers (laughs) the password is dawn uh i'm just gonna name the rest of this podcast which is me naming soap brands yep hashtag real beauty um (laughs) the password is hashtag real real beauty (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) the prefect's bathroom is lit as fuck yeah not even lit af lit as fuck. There's a hundred different taps. There's all kinds of crazy magic bubbles. It's like the it's best deep. lush you've ever been into. It's it's incredible. Yeah. This is one of the best places in the Hogwarts universe bar none. And we're just finding out about it. I, I know. There's a diving board. You can swim across it. I, it's amazing. It's I am also the perfect setting for Percy and Penelope to like continue on their journey. Wow. You, discovery. You actually spoiled one of my jokes for this recap. Damn it! I'm which so is Harry, sorry. Harry getting in the tub and shuddering, thinking about Percy and Penelope in the Ew, prefect's bathroom. What kind of shudder? Of disgust? Just like. Okay, but not a pleasure. Shudder. No, not a pleasure oh, shudder. Okay. No, yes, I Harry's like, like. Ew. Uh, oh yeah. This no. is the only headcanon that I have. It's That's true. Uh, it's Percy and Penelope's sex life. Raucous. That's disgusting. I don't know. It's you a know, disgusting teens. thing to spend a lot of time thinking about. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it, but enough, I guess. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Harry is in the tub, which is awesome. He's not really sure what to do, but then, but, 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 motherfucking Moaning Myrtle returns. Yeah, she's back, bitches. She's like, I can see you in the tub, um, or something like that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Harry's like, are you looking at me, Myrtle? I, I'm just weird. So anyway, Harry is sexually harassed by a ghost. <laughs> But thank goodness he is, I know, because she because, helps him. Yeah, she gives, she's like, you should try having the egg in the water, which, I don't know, does that seem obvious to you, that he should put the egg in the water? Uh, yeah, I don't know what he thought Cedric was trying to tell him. Uh, well, he thought Cedric was, like, fucking with him. Yeah, that makes sense to me, actually. I get why Harry was like, this is probably a joke. So, anyway, thanks to Moaning Myrtle, Harry figures out that he has to put the egg in the water and then put his head underwater to hear what the screechy sound is. I guess being underwater translates the Mer voices. So he hears a creepy ass poem about how they're gonna take what's most dear to him. Like, he doesn't even realize it's Mer people, I guess, until he sees the fucking painting yeah, of the Yeah, he just mermaid. hears scary singing about yeah. stealing shit from him and putting it 
somewhere and then he can't get on it the, after an hour. Yeah, on the bottom of the lake. Yep. So with some more help from Myrtle, he figures out that it's mermaids are going to steal his shit. And then he has to swim to the bottom of the lake to get it back. And so, he's kind of like, oh, cool. Glad I figured that out. Super fucking helpful. Yeah. <laughs> nope. So Harry's half- I don't know how to do that. Harry's halfway there, but he still realizes that he's living on a prayer because he doesn't know how to breathe underwater. Was that a Bon Jovi joke? Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Harry just has to hold on to what he's got. <laughs> okay, stop. Go on. All right. It doesn't make a difference if he makes it or not. Yes, it does. He's the chosen That's one. That's true. Okay. Harry has to make it. Um, he has to make it. That is where the joke ends. Also, it's a terribly dated joke. Like, this is more dated than the Jurassic Park stuff. What are you going to do, man? I'm getting older. I'm 32 this week. That is not a good excuse. So Harry dries off with one of the amazing cottony towels that I'm sure Dumbledore personally procured for the prefect's bathroom. Hashtag the fabric of our lives. <laughs> That's the other password. <laughs> if the prefect's bathroom is this good, imagine what Dumbledore's bathroom is like. Yo, and you know Dumbledore loves him a bath. Yeah. Dumbledore draws a bath for himself. Yeah, I bet it's amazing. So Harry tells Myrtle to close her eyes. He dries off with a sweet towel. Oh, also, Harry, for the first time in his goddamn life, has set out properly equipped for an adventure. He I brings was gonna say this. Both the invisibility cloak and the Marauder's Map. And he has this whole thing like, well, obviously he couldn't do it without his invisibility cloak. And it's like, bitch, you have done it so many times <laughs> without your invisibility cloak. You are so stupid. Thank God you finally figured out that this thing is useful. So Harry is finally properly equipped to sneak around the castle at night. He leaves the bathroom with all his gear and his egg. So Harry is making his way downtown, walking fast faces past and he's homebound. Yeah. What was that? The Vanessa Carlton song. There's some weird references in this uh, particular <laughs> recap. I know I started it, but... You super started <laughs> it. Anyway, go on. Harry's making his way back to the Gryffindor common room. He's looking at the Marauder's map, which he finally fucking has, uh, and he sees the name Bartimius Crouch moving around in Snape's office in his, like, potion storeroom. So Harry's like, that is weird. Accidentally steps on the trick step that he always remembers to jump, except for now, an incredibly critical time. His egg slips out of his hand, rolls down the stairs, bursts open, and starts like shrieking in Mermish. And then, ba ba ba, motherfucking Argus Filch. I almost forgot Filch's name. <laughs> Argus Filch, like immediately around the corner with his cat wife on the case. He thinks it's Peeves. He's playing like Tom and Jerry with Peeves, like 24-7. Or like Wiley Coyote. Yeah. Filch has the egg. Then Snape shows up. Snape's like, yo, Filch, somebody broke into my office. Can you work on that, please? And then Moody shows up. So just, you know, lots of people in the hallway late Moody at night. Moody actually has a really <laughs> funny burn. Yeah, Moody's like, what is this, a pajama party? Which I find hysterical. Uh, Moody, of course, can see Harry stuck in the trap step because his eye can see through invisibility cloaks. Not invisibility cloaks. One of the, the deathly yeah, hallows. Yeah, a deathly hallow. <laughs> Some tense words ensue. Moody's like, you're a shade, Monster Snape. Snape's like, Dumbledore, trust me. Filch is like, I love my cat. Uh, <laughs> Harry is really nervous. At any rate, Moody covers for Harry... Oh, the parchment also slips out of his hands, so Harry just has bad grip, basically. Long story short, actually, just to make a long story as long as it actually is, um, <laughs> Moody covers up for Harry. Snape heads off after some, like, veiled threats from Moody, and Filch is, like, dismissed. And Moody and Harry have a conversation. Moody's basically like, did you actually see who broke into Snape's office? And Harry's like, yeah, but it was weird as fuck because it was Mr. Crouch. And Moody flips the fuck out. Yeah, Moody's out. like, uh... He's like, that's very interesting. May I please have this map forever? Bye. Yeah. 
so, so Moody's super subtle about it. So shady. Uh, but he, Harry like doesn't notice anything weird about or it's not that he doesn't notice anything weird, it's just that everything Moody does is so fucking shady that he's like, Yeah, okay. This is <laughs> this is pretty much in character. Um, Bye. Yeah. Uh Harry's like, Why do you think Barty Crouch would be in Snape's office? And Moody says, If you think I don't like dark wizards. I'm nothing compared to Barty Crouch, so he must be after Snape. He also mutters, there's nothing I hate more than a dark wizard who went free, Uh which is a truly fucking chilling moment. So Moody takes the map, helps Harry out of the stair, tells him that maybe he should think about being an Auror when he grows up, because Harry will definitely grow up to adulthood. Fuck, that's so dark. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Harry confers with the gang about how the heck he's supposed to breathe underwater. He thinks maybe an aqua lung, but of course he's not going to be able to asio an aqua lung. It's so hairy to be like, what's the last trick I used? Yeah, let's just. I do should that just again. do that again. No, to be fair, that's not Harry. That's Ron. Oh, that's Ron. Oh, Ron. Yeah, Ron is like, lung. wait, there's such thing as an aqua lung. Also, hilarious that Muggles can scuba dive. Yeah. And wizards, like, I guess... Have to just read books for days to figure out how to breathe underwater. that's a whole other tangent. (laughs) Muggle technology is significantly better, as we have discussed at length. There's a lot of all-night cram sessions in the library as they try to figure out how to get Harry safely to the bottom of the lake. Yeah, it doesn't really bear any fruit. Ron and Hermione are summoned to McGonagall's office for some reason. What could that be? leaving Harry to continue studying by himself. He eventually falls asleep in the library. The night before the, the night, task. Yeah, the night before the task. He's awoken by Dobby, who's like, I have solved all your problems. Here is some magical weed that can make you breathe underwater. It's called gillyweed. <laughs> Harry's like, thanks, bro. Runs hard as fuck to the lake because he's like, Harry realizes he's almost late for the task, has to run to the lake, gets there right in the nick of time. Uh, there's like risers constructed all around the lake. It's go time. Percy is there filling in for Barty Crouch, who is like sick, I guess. So Barty's still AWOL. That's suspicious as fuck. Ludo Bagman is super happy to see Harry. The task begins. Harry wades into the lake. He shoves the gillyweed in his mouth. He's not sure it's going to work at first, but then he can't breathe above the surface of the lake, which is crazy. Which is terrifying. Yeah. Dives in. He's sprouted fins. He's got flippers. He's got gills. He's swimming hard. He battles a Grindylow, which you might remember from Defense Against the Dark Arts lessons in Prisoner of Azkaban. Thanks, Professor Lupin. He finally reaches the city of the Mer people who live in like these weird rock huts. He sees that Ron and, oh, at some point, when does he learn that they've taken Ron from him? Oh, Dobby tells him. Dobby tells him that he's lost his Wheezy and he has to go find his Wheezy. Which is like among the cutest lines in this book. So he sees that Ron, Hermione, Cho Chang, and a little girl he doesn't recognize but figures out is Fleur's sister are all tied up at the bottom of the lake. Harry seizes a sharp rock and cuts Ron free, but then he realizes that no one else is coming, and he's like, oh man, everyone's gonna die on the bottom of the lake. Finally, Cedric shows up with a bubble on his head, frees Cho, Victor shows up, half-transfigured into a shark. He bites Hermione free, almost rips her in half, but he doesn't. Fleur's not showing up, though, so Harry's freaked out. He doesn't want the little girl to drown, because he's a good guy. The mer people try to stop him from freeing the little girl. Gabrielle, Gabrielle. her name is. But he threatens them with his wand. They take that real seriously. Harry struggles to the top with Ron and Gabrielle, because the effects of the gillyweed are wearing off. But he makes it. He was the last out, but he is awarded... Second place for showing great moral fiber by for ensuring that all the captives were freed. Ron and Harry get smooches from Fleur Delacour for swimming Gabrielle to safety. She's really upset because, oh, she was like held up by a Grindylow, so she couldn't, that's why she couldn't get there. And yeah, Harry resolves to buy 
Dobby socks for every day of the year for helping him defeat the second task. And the next task is set for June. So, wonder what that's going to be. And that's what happened in this week's chapters. Lots happened. Yeah. Yeah, that was a mouthful. I know. Mouthful of water. Yeah, gillyweed. Harry swallows a lot of stuff in these chapters. It's true. Gillyweed, soap, lake water. water. Lake water. Disappointingly, the giant squid is only seen in painting form on this rock at the bottom of the lake, which depicts the merpeople chasing off the giant squid with spears. Yeah, it is a massive disappointment that the giant squid does not make an in-person appearance in this chapter. I'm severely bummed out about that. Yeah, that sucks. So, giant squid notwithstanding, this is a pair of chapters full of just, like, triumphant returns of side characters. Yeah, we've got... Mrs. Norris filches back in fine form, moaning Myrtle. Like, mostly makes, moaning yeah, Myrtle. Mostly moaning Myrtle. Um, I mean Dobby, but we already kind of knew he was back. Moaning Myrtle, okay, first of all, hilariously, she just like sits in the taps and like watches people underwater naked. <laughs> um, which I just think that detail is another kind of like signal from J.K. Rowling that this is a teen book now because that's like kind of a sassy detail. Yeah, she's like, when she's talking about Cedric, she says, all the bubbles were almost gone by I the know. end. <laughs> it's, like, it's like pretty, it's like a suggestive Paragraph. Moaning Myrtle is hilarious and disgusting. I I love what just like a perv she is. <laughs> I mean, she's got she's perpetually 13. No, I know. Uh, I love it. No, I'm serious about that. Yeah. I just think Moaning Myrtle is an excellent character. I'm really psyched that she came back. She has provided a lot of help to Harry over the years, and he gives her no credit because he thinks she's like a drag. Yeah, he's just like, okay, thanks. He's like, sure, I'll visit you in like air quotes. <laughs> And it's like, yo, the least you could fucking do, this woman is like, this girl, this ghost girl is like legit saving your butt. And the least you could do is be like reasonably polite to her. I know, like give her a little show. Ew, no, that's not what I mean. I just love that she's back. I love that she spies on the sexy prefects in their bathtub. I think Cedric is probably the only hot prefect. Penelope Clearwater might be. I don't know. We don't know that much about the prefects. Cedric is definitely one who I would want to spy on in the bath. And Moaning Myrtle seems to agree. And then she shows up again in the lake. I had forgotten that part. So, yeah, she bails him out twice in this. She points him toward the Murr City. I just think it's such a hilarious image. She's just, like, fucking floating along, like, in the bottom of this, like, crazy lake. And she's just like, what up, Harry? Hey, you might want to go that way. <laughs> she's she's hysterical. She is like living her best death, honestly. Yeah, I think so. I'm very into Moaning Myrtle in these chapters. I also, I don't remember if she shows up in this movie, but I hope so because the actress that she does. plays her is phenomenal. Yeah, she shows up again. I like the fact, you know, Myrtle was sort of, she was a downer in book two, but now we realize she's got hobbies. She goes and terrorizes the Mer people. She does, yeah. They chase her off with, like, spears because she's a ghost. You also get a sense that she actually does have, like, a morbid sense of humor. Mm -hmm. Like, she's not just a downer. Like, she's a pretty funny, she's, like, a truly weird ghost. Yeah. Which I like. I'm just into her personality. Catwife is back. Catwife and Filch are just, like, intertwined throughout like most of the scene on the stairs she's just like rubbing herself back and forth on his legs and rolling like make sure to describe that like pretty specifically so like (laughs) yeah that's his wife yeah he says my sweet a lot he does say my sweet oh that's kind of a like doomed love story that i would like to see a side like story written about they love each other so much why do we have a newt scamander side story and we don't there's so many questions i have about other characters mrs norris and filch being probably the main one that's the movie i want to see <laughs> i just want to see the like 50 shades of gray movie i'm gonna attribute this joke this was made not by me this was made on twitter by a listener but she was like this is some sex play gone wrong he tried to turn mrs norris into a cat Mrs. Norris, his wife, into a cat for something sassy. 
but he's a squib and he couldn't change her back. He can't do, you can't, if you're a squib, you can't do magic at all, though. You're such a pedant. It's maybe such she's a, good a Maybe she's a witch and it went wrong. So this book is, I mean, we've talked so much about the maximalism, the just like overstuffed nature of this book. It's got all these cameos, which is really funny to me. Yeah, in a way, it feels like a, a finale. It does, like a, like a series finale of a show where like the soup Nazi comes back, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's just like, and I guess all it, your favorites are here, it like does in kind like of, walk-ons. It does kind of tie up the sequence of the like really kitty books or the ones where you know Voldemort is not back right so it's the transition to like the rest of the series totally but it also feels a little bit like a clips show like you know on like sitcoms when they don't want to make an episode that week so they just have like (laughs) they have like a loose sort of like frame story and then they just play clips from past episodes it partly reminds me of that because transitioning to the next thing we want to talk about this fucking scene with Harry and Snape and Moody in the corridor and the Marauder's map like might fall into Snape's hands and the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher like hardcore covers for him and Harry can't really figure out why. Snape had reached out for it, a horrible expression of dawning comprehension on his face. I see parchment! The map flew up into the air, slipped through Snape's outstretched fingers and soared down the stairs into Moody's hand. My mistake! Moody said calmly. It's mine. Must have dropped it earlier. But Snape's black eyes were darting from the egg in Filch's arms to the map in Moody's hand, and Harry could tell he was putting two and two together, as only Snape could. Potter, he said quietly. What's that? said Moody calmly, folding up the map and pocketing it. Potter! Snape snarled, and he actually turned his head and stared right at the place where Harry was, as though he could suddenly see him. That egg is Potter's egg. That piece of parchment belongs to Potter. I have seen it before. I recognize it. Potter is here. Potter in his invisibility cloak. Snape stretched out his hands like a blind man and began to move up the stairs. Harry could have sworn his overlarge nostrils were dilating, trying to sniff Harry out. Trapped, Harry leaned backward, trying to avoid Snape's fingertips. But any moment now... There's nothing there, Snape, barked Moody. But I'll be happy to tell the headmaster how quickly your mind jumped to Harry Potter. Uh, I wonder where we read that before. The answer is in the last book with fucking (laughs) Professor Lupin. It is the same set up it is the fucking same plot device i'm so annoyed by this down to snape trying to like snatch the marauders map well also the most important plot device just gets completely recycled seeing bartimius crouch's name on the marauders map is just like when fucking lupin sees what's his face's name Um, peter Peter Pettigrew's name on the marauders map i'm just like This is like deja vu. We have seen this exact plot device before. It's very irritating to reuse it. And the map never lies, but it does often have incomplete information. Yeah. Why the fuck doesn't it say junior? (laughs) Like the map, this doesn't make, this this plot point doesn't, A, it's totally recycled. (laughs) Sirius and James didn't uh, put in suffixes. They didn't program it for suffixes. That makes no, this is a, (laughs) I think this is a plot hole. I think this is a plot hole because the the map is smart. The map would absolutely say Barty Cr- Bartimius Crouch Jr. if it knew that there were two of them. This is just sloppy, I think. Yeah. And it's the same exact like set of circumstances and I'm so annoyed. With the exception that Moody can see through the veil of death. Which is weird. Also, like, Harry must never look at the map. Because all these fucking secret, shady motherfuckers are constantly just, like, prowling around Hogwarts. And Harry could, like, in multiple books, have kind of, like, solved a lot of his problems if he had just, like, regularly glanced at the map. The way you might look at, like, Facebook. Yeah, he would have seen... Bartimius Crouch on there from, like, the very beginning. Yeah, he would have seen Bartimius Crouch constantly walking around where Mad-Eye Moody is. (laughs) Also, the fact that it doesn't occur to any of the people in that scene that Moody has, like, mysteriously appeared from the dungeon storage 
area that Snape has just announced was like pillaged. It's like, guys, this is a very A plus B situation. Yeah. Like, there's there's no question who did this. Ugh. The plot in this particular chapter just makes me crazy. I'm so annoyed that she used the Marauder's Map thing twice. <sighs> the map's a tough one, because, I mean, why didn't Fred and George notice that Peter was the rat? Did we discuss that? We did. We no, did. Yeah, it doesn't, the map is like... The map is a really it's like too, shoddy plot device. It's like too powerful. That's a great plot device. I love the map. I love the map as an I love the map as a magical object, but this particular use of it is always really sloppy and full of holes. It's a it was a bad device like it was a dumb thing when she did it. If you think about it for even a couple of seconds when she did it in Prisoner of Azkaban and it's dumb here. It introduces so many more questions than it answers. It's a very annoying little like twist yeah i don't know there's like the she loves it though there's a couple devices that she just loves like the the name it's snape yeah (laughs) or the one person has been disguised as another thing the entire The the whole time which even happens in the movie fantastic beasts best case scenario this is like a really clever set of callbacks rather than just like a sloppy repeat because there's also the polyjuice potions callback like the first time Snape's store got broken into, it was by, in the books, it was by Harry, Ron, and Hermione trying to make the polyjuice potion in book two. And now, again, it's like the exact same potion that Moody is trying to steal the stuff for. So that's like kind of interesting. I think it's mostly good because like we were saying, this is like the Harry Potteriest of the Harry Potter books. And she's like bringing you up to the moment when Voldemort comes back. It is. It's like greatest hits. Yeah. I'm still standing by the... My conviction that the Marauder's Map moment is very stupid and annoying. I like the exchange between Moody and Harry, though, where he's stuck in the stair. Close shave, Potter, he muttered. Yeah, I, uh, thanks, said Harry weakly. What is this thing, said Moody, drawing the Marauder's Map out of his pocket and unfolding it? Map of Hogwarts? said Harry, hoping Moody was going to pull him out of the staircase soon. His leg was really hurting him. Merlin's beard, Moody whispered, staring at the map, his magical eye going haywire. This, this is some map, Potter. Yeah, it's quite useful, Harry said. His eyes were starting to water from the pain. Uh, Professor Moody, do you think you could help me? What? Oh, yes. Yes, of course. Moody took hold of Harry's arms and pulled. Harry's leg came free of the trick step, and he climbed onto the one above it. Moody was still gazing at the map. Potter, he said slowly, you didn't happen by any chance to see who broke into Snape's office, did you? On this map, I mean. Uh, Yeah, I did, Harry admitted. It was Mr. Crouch. Moody's magical eye whizzed over the entire surface of the map. He looked suddenly alarmed. Crouch, he said. You're, you're sure, Potter? Positive, said Harry. Moody freaks the fuck out when he hears that it's Crouch. Moody's clearly thinking about killing him in that moment. He's thinking that the jig is up. He is. And You're he's, right. he's I, interrogating him to see like how, how much he, he knows. knows. So Harry like accidentally saves his own life. That by... did not occur to me. Mm-hmm. You're so right. Because he doesn't help him out, which Harry's expecting. And Harry's like, Harry has did a you... flicker of like, what's going on here? Yeah. And Moody is clearly thinking, do I need to kill Harry Potter and bail? Wow. Yeah, that's exactly what's going on in that scene. Mm -hmm. I did not pick up on that, but you're right. He's just like, oh, shit. And so he has to really quickly be like, what, like, how much do you know here? And what he knows is nothing. He thinks that actual dad, senior Barty Crouch, is just, like, fucking weirdly sneaking around. He totally hook, line, and sinker buys the line about Barty Crouch hating dark wizards. He loves, I mean, the thing that's Harry is kind of, like, really helpful blindness here is Harry hates Snape so much that he just like loves the idea that Barty Crouch is trying to find proof that Snape is up to something. Mm -hmm. And they like all of the characters like so easily like glom on to like the Snape aspect of this. 
And even Hermione is like, y'all, we have done this before. It is never Snape. And I love her for that. And when when Moody tells him he should think about becoming an Auror, he's also mocking him there because Harry just missed the boat on what's actually happening. He's yeah. like, you'd be a great detective, man. You've really solved this case. Yeah. <laughs> he's so vicious and cruel that the Barty Crouch version of Moody, obviously. But like, I mean, you know, he's like totally unhinged, but he he has some sick burns mm-hmm. while he's being sadistic. So map shenanigans aside, I really like that moment. I totally agree with you. That is a really, really, really scary exchange, knowing what we know. Well, speaking of killing Harry. Yeah, we've got the second task. Maybe more dangerous than the first. I don't know. The second task is bananas. Do you think it's more dangerous than the first? It's more dangerous to more people. Yes. It's only the four champions that are in mortal peril in the first task and now it's the four champions and the people they love most in the world which is just evil although dumbledore they say at the end of the chapter that dumbledore wasn't going to actually let anything happen to them listen harry potter has been under dumbledore's so-called care for long enough that it makes no sense for her to him to expect anything but that these four people are going to die he has almost been killed every he year has so far. no reason to think <laughs> that there is any hope that they will not die if he does not personally save them because so many people have nearly died, but that he personally saved them. Like fucking Ginny Weasley. Yeah, that's true. If he was like, you know, I bet Dumbledore's going to intervene here. It's uh, like he didn't yeah, that... intervene in the fucking chamber of fucking secrets. <laughs> no. Yeah, his bird does. Yeah, Dumbledore has no track record. (laughs) No track record whatsoever for like, oh, like maybe it's actually safer than it seems. No, 100% of the time it is significantly more dangerous than it seems. The only reason this isn't is because Barty Crouch and Ludo Bagman planned it and not Dumbledore himself. Dumbledore would have been like, I think it's more real if we actually let them die. Um, so that whole thing where people are like, Harry, you're such a prat. He's like, I'm sorry. Can we talk about how many times Voldemort has just been my teacher? Once is too many. (laughs) The answer is one, and that is too high. It's also so traumatic. For everyone. To go. The crowd thinks that Ron and Gabrielle are dead. And Harry. Yeah. They they don't come back for like 20 or 30 minutes. Like, Uh. he goes over by like... Many, many minutes. Right, right. And also, it's so traumatic for, like, the four champions to, like, get down there. Like, Fleur is, like, bereft. Fleur is having the worst moment of her life. True hysterics, yeah. Because she thinks Gabrielle is dead. Absolutely. She thinks that she has personally ensured that her little sister dies. Oh, my God. This is such a, just a chilling thing to do to children. You're right. Yeah, it's worse than the first task. It's so much. Also, there's, like, no agency. Like, in the first task, at least they can, like, see what they're up against. And, like, there's sort of, like, a daring do aspect. This is just, like grim it's awful poor fleur is gonna need therapy so knowing that this is just totally bonkers and unacceptable how do you think harry does in this task i was kind of disappointed with his cracking of the case and before we got to the second task itself i was thinking man harry just cheated his way through this you know like dobby Dobby freaking shows up with a gillyweed, like, out of nowhere, and is like, I figured it out for you, bro. Dobby ex yeah. machina. Yeah. I, <laughs> I got you, fam. <laughs> yeah, I mean... But he's awesome down in the lake. Yeah, I think the the parts of Harry's character that really matter and that make a difference for him, like later on are the parts that meet the parts that ensure that he stays with all the hostages right the fact that they're called hostages like yeah shows you how fucked up this task is that part really touched me when they award him the points for moral fiber because he really does show moral fiber i mean he's he's extraordinarily brave he's stupidly brave yeah well that's his deal like Mm -hmm. harry's like main characteristic is being like yeah, rash, brave to the point of rashness. He's like the platonic ideal of a Gryffindor, it's, basically. 
Which is funny because they like try to put him in Slytherin because he's also kind of the platonic ideal of that. But anyway, it actually really reminds me of when he goes into the Chamber of Secrets. Because he's just like, nah, this can't happen. So you're right, like he cheats, but I think... I don't think the like how is the thing that matters in this chapter. Like I think the gillyweed is like totally like secondary or tertiary to the actual like feat of incredible courage that Qu- he performs. Quibble me this on the gillyweed. It seems like wizards knowing how to breathe underwater would be one of the first things they figure out and like pretty readily available information. Like that is like one of the main superpowers. What's crazy, (laughs) what's crazy is there is clearly a pretty obvious spell for it because two of the four champions do like a bubble head charm, which how did they not find that in all of those books? That makes no sense. Maybe that was the, maybe they checked the books out. This is the problem with wizards not having the internet. (laughs) It's like the only book that (laughs) describes it was like, there's two and Cedric had one and Fleur had the other. And they had to put a hold on it past like February 24th. But that doesn't make any sense either because any book about like wizards and water would start with, here's how you put a fucking bubble on your head to breathe underwater. Yeah, just like wizard sailors, it seems, would have to know things like that. The Uh, fact that he can't find it and that and then that the same spell is used by two of the champions who are not that much older than him. It's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Or the magical Dewey Decimal system is just horrible. It's more like a sorting problem. (laughs) I don't know. They Um, need to put the sorting hat in the library to get the books like put in the proper order. That I don't know. That should be his other task, I guess. Yeah. I think uh, it's Madame a different Pince, kind of sorting. Madam Pince is a shit librarian. Yeah, she's hell. She's super mean, and forbidding. And she's bad at finding books that you need. Yeah. Which is her one job. And she's always trying to keep people out of the library. She's always pissed that kids are at the library. Doesn't make any sense. She's a terrible... Right. She's the opposite of my unsung hero. <laughs> she's my unsung <laughs> bullshit. Madam um, Pince is the speaking worst. Speaking of things that make no sense in this task... All the kids, or like the entire Hogwarts student and faculty, plus all of the Durmstrang and Beaubaton kids, just watch an empty lake <laughs> for two hours. Like, is that what I'm I'm meant to understand? I like, mean, there's no action above the lake. We are far from the first people to point this out. There's like a pretty... I've seen, there's like cartoons about this. I think there's a scene in that Puffs play that's playing uh, that's kind of about like, it's like the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead or whatever of Hogwarts mm-hmm. about like the background Hufflepuffs. Uh, and about they're how, like, this is really boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would have thought they'd at least put up like a magic jumbotron or something like with footage of what's Once going again, on. They have no actual technology. <laughs> like I don't, they don't. Only Colin Creevy knows how to take photographs. That's true. And it's because he is a muggle. (laughs) He's the only person at Hogwarts that has a camera. The Daily Prophet has cameras. No, at Hogwarts. Yeah, at Hogwarts. He is the only student. Think about how many photographs, like, modern high school students take every day. Colin Creevy is the only one that knows how to do that. They also don't even have judges on the bottom of the lake. They have to ask the mer people like, what, what happened. happened. Like, yeah, they like, have give to, us yeah. the deets. And <laughs> they have to do that by Dumbledore, who is like the only person of the generations that speaks Murish. Just screeching Murmish. at them, going like, eh, 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 eh. That's uh, more like a dolphin. I think it probably sounds kind of dolphin-y. Yeah. That's a hilarious scene. Um, <laughs> also, let's talk a little bit about who these teenagers choose or like they don't even choose like who whatever like enchantment this is like identifies as the person each of these people care about most in the world they probably asked the dumbass goblet again they're like hey goblet can the you help us with this goblet's, and the goblet's an like idiot. well one time i saw crumb and hermione together so uh i guess it's hermione <laughs> right harry's person makes sense ron right. makes sense for harry because harry doesn't have family really and no, ron it's is his like best pal absolutely he's his brother like mm-hmm. ron is harry's person gabrielle delacour makes total, total sense. sense 
Does Crumb have no one in his life? Yeah, or he's like creepily actually obsessed with Hermione. Maybe that's why she's being kind of cold to him after the lake. I he's think just like, Hermione's like, this is a little much. Like this is- I'm really like your most precious creature <laughs> on the earth. That's You don't have like a dog they could have taken? <laughs> like what? And then Cedric and Cho. It's like, just a snitch. The fact that it's not Amos. Although maybe you have to be on campus. Maybe it's a teen thing. I, just like just like teen teen emotions running hot. That's true. That's true. They're, all of their emotions are directed like toward their crushes. You know what occurred to me though? Thank God Harry's isn't serious. I think Dumbledore actually would have drawn the line there. I don't probably. know that Dumbledore has a ton of control over this. That's this true. seems to be some kind of like, I mean, okay, if Dumbledore can't tell the goblet, no, Harry's not a school champion... Then does Dumbledore have the authority to be like, no, this person who is this who is one of the champions like nearest and dearest can't be in the lake? I don't know. Like, what if it was serious? <laughs> and everybody's like, oh shit. Um, that guy can't be here. That would be crazy. That's a fun alternate path that that chapter could have taken. If Ron was the champion, it just would have been the treat cart lady from the, <laughs> from the Hogwarts just, Express. No, it's, it's just the just, trolley lady. It's not even her. It's just dinner. <laughs> like, all it's these food. cakes are, like, tied to the statue. You know what? This is also, like, a really fucked up indication to everyone else. Right. In yeah. their lives. What is, yeah, what does Cedric's dad think? He's just like, really? This girl that you've gone on like one date with is more important than your like single parent who like <laughs> raised you on his own to whom you are the most precious entity in the galaxy? No, it's like if I like did it and it was you and everyone in my family would be like, okay, like what are we chopped liver? Oh, but I would make sense. You would make sense, but so would my family. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Like, it's crazy that they have to look into your brain and be like, you care about that person the most. It's Hedwig. Kind of for Harry should just be... Hedwig is pissed. Hedwig is like, why wasn't I on the bottom of the lake? Yeah. Hedwig would totally do that. She is a little bit... She's territorial. Of a Madonna that way, Mm -hmm. yeah. One other thought about the tasks and how everyone solves it. How is transfiguration any different from being an animagus because he transfigures himself half into a shark but he sort of bungles it was he trying to totally transfigure himself into a shark i don't actually know i don't know how that works i don't know how it's maybe transfiguration is like short term yeah and animagus is something like you can stay in for as long as you want yeah i don't know but i don't know i don't know the answer to that that's a that's a good question so who is the actual not unsung the 100 percent all the way sung hero of this chapter. Dobby? Yeah, what the fuck? Harry! Harry Potter! Squeaked Dobby, plucking at Harry's sleeve. You is supposed to be down by the lake with the other champions, sir. It's too late, Dobby, Harry said hopelessly. I'm not doing the task. I don't know how. Harry Potter will do the task, squeaked the elf. Dobby knew Harry had not found the right book. So Dobby did it for him. What? said Harry. But you don't know what the second task is. Dobby knows, sir. Harry Potter has to go into the lake and find his Wheezy. Find my what? And take his Wheezy back from the mer people. What's a Wheezy? Your Wheezy, sir. Your Wheezy. Wheezy, who is giving Dobby his sweater. Dobby plucked at the shrunken maroon sweater he was now wearing over his shorts. Dobby is clutch. Ever since the bone mishap, Dobby's been trying to make up for that. Yeah, he has done so with flying colors and will continue to do so in ways that are so heart-wrenching I cannot get into it. Dobby rocks my socks. Oh, Dobby. Also, when Dobby calls Ron Harry's wheezy, I got tearful. It's so cute. Harry Potter cannot lose his Wheezy. Oh, Dobby, you're right. He can't. And Dobby loves Wheezy, too. I know. So he's like, nah, we cannot let this sweater man die. (laughs) I absolutely will rely on him for my sweater Yeah, Dobby's like, I can't lose my source, man. (laughs) I can't lose my sweater guy. Yeah. Yeah, Dobby, the question that is begged, which I guess we'll learn the answer to, is like, how the fuck did 
Dobby figure out about Gillyweed? Oh, he overheard McGonagall. He knows all the secrets. Yeah, well, he overheard McGonagall and Moody talking about it. And Moody, we find out, did that on purpose. Right. Moody is, like, really paying attention to Harry's, like, who he consorts with. He's Machiavellian. He is actually Machiavellian. he's got the super map. Oh. Ugh. That's not good. No good, man. God, Dumbledore has just made such a bad call. This is his worst teaching call. Yeah, because he gives Moody, like, carte blanche to search everyone's offices, too. Which, like, that's unconstitutional. Not that wizards have a constitution of any sort. But Except like, the one that governs the Triwizard Tournament. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the strongest rules in the wizarding world are the cup can choose anyone, and if it chooses you, you're fucked. Yeah. Those are the only, that's the only real rule of law. That, and you can't, like, blow up your aunt. Yeah. I don't um, know. It's pretty arbitrary. It's totally arbitrary, but no yeah. due process. Well, we already know there's no due process in the Wizarding World we know that because Hagrid is sent to Azkaban just in case. Which is yeah, we can't go back into that. But yeah, so Dumbledore is like, let's take this. I mean, okay, even if it's actually Moody, Dumbledore is like, let's take this like pretty deranged, paranoid, crazy person whose job it is to find the evilest of the evil people on the earth and just like make him hang out with kids all the time <laughs> even if it's real moody it's a terrible teaching choice isn't he supposed to be perceptive he's i, I mean he's like he misses every he, clue quirrell are, voldemort was on quirrell's head he never was like your turban smells real weird dude you might need to take it off yeah. oh wait that's voldemort yeah dumbledore has he's it's because he's radically well. accepting of like people's ish I don't think that's like, why. I think it's just that he doesn't think so? he doesn't okay. care what happens except for his own little plot. Um, I don't know. It's a very bad staffing decision. And you can tell that Snape is really suspicious of Moody. Snape is the only person that pays any attention. Like, I hate Snape. I don't think Snape is redeemable by his bullshit. We've talked about this lots. We'll talk about it more. But he is actually perceptive. He's I like, think, you I think Snape, seem weird even for you. I think Snape knows something is up, but he oh, can't yeah. quite put his finger on it. And also, Moody does freak him out because Snape knows people can just be sent to Azkaban for, like, no reason. Well, also, Snape has plenty of reasons to get sent to Azkaban. He is a former Death Eater. Yeah, that's true. So he has done some shit. All of this is just, ugh. Yeah, Dumbledore, come on. Anyway, um, who's your unsung hero? My unsung hero is the Mer Chieftainess. I think who, it's just Chieftess. Chieftess? The Mer Chieftess? Why can't she just be the Mer Chief? I don't know. That's sexist. Either way. The Mer Chief. Moana is the p- chief of her people. I know. Yeah. Um, I'm obsessed with Moana lately, by the way, guys. <laughs> it's a good thing to be obsessed with. I know. Uh, so the Mer Chief, I just think it's legit that she gives Harry props for doing his heroic deeds at the bottom of the lake. And then Dumbledore screeches right back at her. Dumbledore puts the Mer people in serious jeopardy because all the kids seem to think that this is real as fuck. What if Harry had like a Vada Kedavra, a Mer person? Which honestly like would have made sense if a Mer person <laughs> had actually physically prevented him from like saving like Ron or Hermione yeah, or any of them. Harry might have killed them, and he would have been justified. Yeah, they're, like, brandishing spears at him. Uh, He puts them, he also puts them in just a crazy position, like, ethically. (laughs) Because he's like, listen, we're having this kid contest. Do you want to kidnap some other kids? And just, like, chain them up for a while. And the more people are probably like, humans, what the fuck? fuck is the matter yeah <laughs> what is wrong with you people i do wonder how, what those meetings went like or like did dumbledore do a bubblehead charm and go down there and was like hey no they probably just like met at the shore right like he's, they did he's like yo they had this big summit where he's like this is the plan and they're like are you high <laughs> and dumbledore's like what? yes yes and <laughs> yes and mine is percy because percy's reaction to ron coming up out of the water when everybody is assuming something terrible has happened is, like, incredibly touching. Percy's an idiot. And he's being an idiot at the beginning, but you can tell that but he he's got a good heart. But he loves Ron mm-hmm. so much. And it's like, you know, it, it 
there's like an echo of that, a much sadder echo of that in um, book seven because the second Percy sees his family in like actual jeopardy, all of that kind of like fucked up, like fascist pomposity just like totally goes away. Like, and in his core, he's a Weasley and he loves his family. And so, a Gryffindor. And a Gryffindor. Yeah, we he's brave. So just... That's a really sweet scene. He, like, won't let go of Ron to, like, let Madame Pomfrey take care of him. And it's really nice. It's very sweet. Yeah, this was crazy. But that's it for now. This week's episode is brought to you by Gillyweed. Now legal in the state of Colorado. (laughs) Oh, that was a good one. The audiobook clips you heard are courtesy of Penguin Random House Audio. They are from Jim Dale's performance of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. We haven't plugged this in a while, but guys, seriously, listen to the Harry Potter audiobooks that Jim Dale performs. They are just outstanding. If you're reading along, this is a really good way to do it. I think at least some of you are reading along, which is very fun. The audiobooks are a great way to do it. They are on Audible or wherever else you can get audiobooks. You might even get through the Goblet of Fire if you get stuck on your way to work in New York. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. If the MTA can have anything to do with it. Please rate and review us and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you prefer. And you can also rate us on Facebook. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Quibbler Podcast. You can send us an email, quibblerpodcast at gmail.com. We've gotten a couple of super cool emails in the last couple days, one of which was about snake milk. That was just like an awesome, interesting point. You guys are still emailing us about the snake milk like nonsense, which is great (laughs) because I'm still thinking about it. So find us there. Oh, you can sign up for the newsletter, tinyletter.com slash quibblerpodcast. We are trying to do it more often these days, and when we do it, it's pretty fun. You'll learn a lot about owls and other stuff, too. Mm -hmm. Next week, we are reading Padfoot Returns and The Madness of Mr. Crouch. Stuff's getting serious. God, that's a scary chapter. Get ready. It gets spooky, you guys. So I hope you're ready for it to get even worse. Oh, my God. Okay, that's it. Bye. Thanks, amigos. Well, that's what Diggory thought. He lay there talking to himself for ages about it. Ages and ages. Nearly all the bubbles had gone.